The Politocrat is brought to you by the great people at Anchor. Anchor is such a great place to go if you want to get started in podcasting. And it's easy and it's free. Anchor, marvelous stuff, marvelous. And I'm so grateful to the folks at Anchor for getting me going with The Politocrat. If you want to get going and be heard on Apple, on Spotify and everywhere podcasts can be, Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. doing your own thing time do you always dress like that or every day i go to the grocery store like this and people turn around when i walked in the airport here in london today a man dropped his cup of coffee little richard Little Richard passed away at the age of 87. What a pioneer he was, the grand architect of rock and roll. Richard Wayne Penniman. AKA Little Richard. We have truly lost the greatest rock and roll artist of all time. Welcome to The Politocrat. On this Saturday, May the 9th, 2020, I'm Omar Moore. Today's episode is going to be focused on Little Richard, celebrating Little Richard, the incredible music, the timeless music that he created, and these special music memories that will be with us forever. One of the people in this world who I really was a huge fan of was Little Richard. And he influenced countless, countless millions of musicians all over the world. And when I return, I'm going to be talking about Little Richard and this great music that he created. Omar Moore here, and I just want to say thank you so very much for listening to The Politocrat, that you would spend any of your time listening to this podcast means the world to me. 
especially in these very challenging times in which we live. So I just want to say once again, thank you so very much to everybody who is listening, each and every one of you. It's greatly appreciated. Continue to spread the word about the politocrat. And I just want to say that now more than ever, we need love, compassion, understanding, respect, care, empathy, all of those things we need for each other and toward each other. Now more than ever. Thank you. Little Richard with Long Tall Sally, one of the many, many iconic songs from Little Richard. Where do you start with the grand architect of rock and roll? And he truly was. Sister Rosetta Tharp also, I think, should be on that stage with him. She's the one, quite frankly, who discovered him who mentored him, who invited him to open for her in her shows back in 1947. And from there, the rest was history. And at that point, Richard Wayne Penniman was a teenager. He was born in 1932. And he was doing these small clubs and show places in Macon, Georgia, where he was born, Macon, Georgia. And Little Richard became an overnight sensation soon after that. He had performed R&B songs and he was discouraged from doing so by members of his family. His father in particular was somebody who had a great level of resistance to music that was called the devil's music. His father certainly gave him a lot of grief as well over the years. Little Richard was just hitting his stride in the 1940s and into the 1950s. His voice was so distinctive and a lot of people took notice of him. And he recorded with RCA Victor the record label of the day was a very popular record label back then. And he did a number of records with them. And then it was really onward and upward from there in the 1950s and continued the Little Richard to start going into the realm of blues. And he just continued to move onward and upward. And he lost his father back in the 1950s as well. And it, it seemed as if that continued success for him 
was happening in spite of what happened with his father and he lost his father um, in a very difficult situation. And what we saw after that was the ascendancy, the continued ascendancy of Little Richard. And he wasn't given that name until a little bit later on. And it was always somebody, Little Richard, who stood up for what was right. Stood up for himself to make sure that he didn't get screwed out of royalties. And he was ever moving, ever changing, ever evolving. He used his androgyny to great effect. As a matter of fact, he modeled himself after early artists who would wear these black pompadours. And Little Richard's hair would be put into one of these pompadours in the 1950s. And that was one of the styles that started to move him and model him into a distinctive personality as well. And his androgyny and his flamboyant way was part of his charm, part of his uh, personality, and I think something that really made him a distinctive figure as well as his voice, which was unmistakable. I mean, if you remember maybe not quite old enough to remember because he's been around, had been around for a long time, but screaming Jay Hawkins. You could say that little Richard modeled himself after screaming Jay Hawkins to a certain degree. Screaming Jay Hawkins had that way with the piano, had that distinctive voice and little Richard did as well. He was phenomenal on the piano and he had some dance moves to go with it. He had the voice to go with it. And he was not afraid to do some of the more lewd songs in the 1950s, a very conservative era, a very conservative decade all around the world, but particularly here in the United States. And in the Deep South in the 1950s, where of course, Black people were continuing to catch hell, to say the least. Little Richard was ever-moving, ever-present, omnipresent, and would not let anything stop him from singing and performing the songs he wanted to perform, even though people tried to stop him. He did a song called Tutti Frutti in the 1950s toward the mid-1950s that became a big success. And people remember that song who were around and people today who weren't around know that song very well. It's been in millions of movies. Little Richard was somebody who really rode the success of that song and then became a legend in the white communities around the country as well. In fact, a lot of his music was being performed in segregated audiences where you'd have black people on the balconies, in the balconies of concert halls because of the segregation that was going on in the United States in the 1950s and 60s. And then you'd have on the floor level, white people who would be coming in as patrons. So you'd, you'd have little Richard playing to 
these segregated, racially segregated concerts venues where you'd have, as I said, white people on the floors and black people in the balconies. And Richard continued to perform all over the country and around the world. And it was something that what happened was is that little Richard was able to break through all of these racist barriers, all of these barriers that were being set up by the dominant white society and those in power to try to confine us from doing what we wanted to do and being where we wanted to be. But little Richard united people, even in segregated music halls. And Tutti Frutti was the, was the legendary song that really catapulted him. Catapulted him into areas of success that he didn't see again after the 1980s. Which is remarkable to say that. But Lil Richard's big successes came in the 50s and into the 60s. And you could make the case, I will certainly make the case, that the most iconic period for Little Richard was in the 1950s. Because that was really when his greatest successes came, where the hallmark music that we remember today, that we play today, came from. This is a period of time where you had Elvis Presley, where you had Chuck Berry, where you had Jerry Lee Lewis. Those were really the three other people uh, of major import on the stage at that time. Little Richard was, I think, by far the best of all of those. And I would rank Chuck Berry a very close second. But Little Richard was the one who is the architect, along with Sister Rosa, Rosetta Tharp. I've got to mention her. Because she's the one that developed the steel guitar. She's the one who invented that. She's the one who pioneered rock and roll as well. And I don't think that she gets the credit that she thoroughly deserves. As I said, she was a protege. Rather, she was a mentor to many. And Little Richard was a protege of hers. So we cannot leave Sister Rosetta Tharp out of this conversation. Little Richard thrived and believe me he influenced a lot of people including Elvis Presley including Jerry Lee Lewis even though Jerry Lee Lewis was a contemporary of his Little Richard certainly influenced Prince and if you look at Prince and his androgynous style if you look at the way that Prince at one time was wearing his hair in such a way as to look a bit like Little Richard's. And if you look at the way that Prince moved and danced and sang and the way he hit the notes that he hit and how high-pitched he went and how he used his vocal cords, you can trace all of that back to Little Richard. There was no question about the influence of Little Richard. He influenced the Beatles. The Beatles recorded some of his tunes, including Long Tall Sally, which I just played for you earlier. And Little Richard is someone who many, many people owe a great debt. 
Little Richard, as I say, pioneer, architect of rock and roll, one of the grand architects, and many would say the architect of rock and roll, and I wouldn't disagree with them. Certainly is somebody who should be remembered as that. Little Richard has influenced more artists than anybody else that I can think of. It was incredible. Little Richard just had this distinct style about him, the way he would interact. It wasn't just the way that he played instruments. It was the way that he interacted with the music that he played, the way that he interacted with the piano. And Little Richard would go on to some great successes beyond the 1950s. And one of the, thing, one of the things about Little Richard that people don't realize or remember, I think, some people don't, is that women absolutely drooled over him. Women absolutely loved him. And in the 1950s in particular, women would be throwing their underwear at him. I mean, that, that happened. People tend to think of people like Tom Jones and Teddy, uh, Teddy Pendergrass as the men who would get the underwear thrown at them by women. But, oh no, it didn't begin with the two of them. It began in earnest with Little Richard. Little Richard was the one who was getting that kind of response from women. And this is really, he was the, he was the first artist to really get that kind of attention in terms of that kind of visceral response from some of the women in his audiences. There were so many great tunes that he did. I mean, you've got to think about this. As I said earlier, he influenced people like Elvis Presley. I mean, they actually recorded his music in a very segregated environment, not just in the society, but obviously also in the record industry. This was the time in the 50s and before that and into the 60s where there would be something called race records. And very often the black artists who were getting contracts with these white record companies would be told by the record industry managers, the people in the industry who controlled the industry to put some white family on the front cover of the record. You would not typically see the face of the black artist on the cover of the album or the cover of the 45 single that was being done. It would be a picture of a white family or a picture of some trees or a picture of some generic building or some generic image. Such was the segregation and the racial divisions and the racial discrimination that was going on then. And of course, it continues today. In the 1950s, you had Elvis Presley, among others, re-recording Little Richard songs in the same year, in the same time period. And Little Richard was getting greater visibility. And, it, and after the late 50s, when he was appearing in various types of movies, Alan Freed was somebody, um, the legendary Alan Freed, somebody who 
um, helped him get a start in the movies as well. Little Richard was a movie star as well. He became that in the late 1950s in things like The Girl Can't Help It. He got a singing role in that movie. And then he continued to snowball his success, moving to Los Angeles into the 1960s and then became even more visible. Some of the great stuff that he did after the 1950s and the, the really the, the heyday, as I said, was in the late 19, in the 1950s, but particularly after 1955, where he took off. He performed in so many different places. And then his songs continued like Good Golly, Miss Molly. So many great tunes that he has done. Lucille. By the way, I want to say thank you to the folks at Dust2Digital on Twitter for the clip that I played at the beginning of this episode. Little Richard toured around the world. He became a very religious man, a very devout man in terms of his religious beliefs. And he did a lot of different things in the 1960s, did a number of live albums, did a number of studio releases. He was somebody who was his own person. He was somebody who certainly was pure about the music and pure about controlling the music. And he was someone who was in charge and wanted to make sure that his authority was not diluted when it came to the creative side of the music and the financial side of it, which is one of the reasons why he left a number of contracts because A, either there weren't very many successes being seen from those contracts or that there were differences in terms of the creative direction and the basis for where the... uh, brilliance in the direction of the music was going. And so Little Richard said, nope, that's not what I am here for. I'm out. And he then went somewhere else. And that was Little Richard, somebody who kept looking, kept seeking, kept creating and kept innovating. And he was able to evolve like some of the very greatest of all time as Little Richard is. He evolved and he revisited as well when he was much more into the religious period of time, he, while was being a, a preacher, was making a lot of gospel music and he did create a lot of gospel music. That's something that people don't necessarily talk about when they think about Little Richard. He was an excellent gospel singer and gospel music person as well. A musician who thrived in all of these different spaces of music, all of these great genres, the gospel tradition, which is a heavily, heavily, heavily strong tradition in the South and beyond, but particularly in the Black South, in the Deep South, where gospel came out of that tradition in in the South from from black people in the South. And Little Richard certainly was able to do a number of gospel tunes as well. He he had done a number of those albums and then went back to R&B and rock and roll later on in his career. He played with so many great people and 
was also able to inspire more people. I mean, Jimi Hendrix owes a lot to Little Richard. Jimi Hendrix would wear his hair in some, in sometimes in a very similar way to the way that Little Richard did and also would dress in the kind of style that Little Richard would in some cases. And of course, the guitar was the equivalent of the way that Little Richard would use the piano. Jimi Hendrix used the guitar in a way that was truly innovative. And he absolutely was pioneered and inspired by Little Richard. I must say that Little Richard left his mark in so many different areas. He continued to keep going. And he was someone who knew how to bring himself into prominence by creating partnerships, not just in the music business, but in the television world. And as well as playing with the monkeys and being on their show, on their TV show and one of their specials, he also was a guest on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson and also with the famed Dick Cavett show. That was where you had to be seen in the 1960s. Anyone who was anyone at all, anyone who was anyone, everyone who was anyone, appeared on the Dick Cavett show, especially in the 1960s. Dick Cavett was, was one of the seminal greats in the talk show industry. And Little Richard made sure that he appeared on there. I mean, and Dick Cavett is still alive today. And I tell you, back in those days, Dick Cavett's show was the place to go. And once he did, Little Richard did go on that show. Again, he just continued to climb. There's just so much that Little Richard has left us. And, you know, we've lost truly, as I said before, I think, the greatest rock and roll legend of all time, the architect of rock and roll, Little Richard. And when I come back, more about his career and his fame and some of the things that Little Richard was so iconic for and the music that will live on forever, as will he.
Good golly, Miss Molly. Little Richard, who passed away. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. At the age of 87. And he will be sorely missed uh, by millions and millions of people around the world. We have lost, in my view, the architect of rock and roll. I, I, I don't think there's very much doubt about it. The grand architect of rock and roll, Little Richard. And it's, it's, it's interesting because he said in an interview um, with Rolling Stone at one point that he said that, you know, his legacy, I think, should be, and this is his quote, I think my legacy should be that when I started in show business, there wasn't no such thing as rock and roll. When I started with Tutti Frutti, that's when rock really started rocking. And I would agree, as I said, Tutti Frutti was the song that absolutely put Little Richard on the map and was the cornerstone of rock and roll. I mean, that's the song that people identified with in terms of the kind of power that it had. I mean, it was a raunchy song. And in fact, he had to get, he had to hire somebody to clean up the lyrics. He actually hired a songwriter. I don't know if people know this, but he actually hired a songwriter to clean up the lyrics because it, the song wouldn't get played on some radio stations. And there was this kind of, you know, raunchiness about Little Richard. There's very, certainly in his 19, the days of the 1950s, this sexual electricity that he would generate hence women throwing their underwear at him on stage, that was very palpable and powerful. And I think that intimidated some of the more staid and uh, straight-laced types in the 1950s, the more conservative button-down types. But Richard, Richard was uncontainable. You couldn't contain little Richard. Come on. I mean, there was no way that anybody was going to do that. And the fact that he had been performing for over 60 years, if not longer than that, actually, um, goes to show you that Little Richard was someone who was just a marvelous, marvelous, marvelous performer. He was a showman. And he once had a songwriter hired so that that songwriter could clean up the lyrics or put a different spin on the lyrics for Tutti Fruity, which was a very raunchy, salacious song and you know some record stations wouldn't music stations wouldn't play the record because you know for them in the 1950s a song like tutti frutti was whoa too much i mean this was in the same era that elvis presley shaking his hips was considered absolutely outrageous and scandalous. That was the decade that we were living in in the 1950s here in the United States. It was very toned down and straight-laced. And I mean, little Richard was in that era where literally if you were dancing on stage and shaking your hips, you could get a, you know, subject to possible arrest. It was very conservative in the 50s, in the 1950s. And of course, Black people were catching major hell, to say the very least, and especially in the South, in the United States. And it was within this backdrop that Little Richard continued to play and played to segregated audiences, as I said earlier. And when we got to the 1970s, it was a roller coaster for him, a real roller coaster ride. And 
he re-recorded a lot of his songs. He had some problems with vocal cords. He had been definitely traveling through different periods of his own life in terms of religion and where he stood. He was brought up as a Baptist. He was brought up into that tradition and then moved away from it. He became a seven-day Adventist. There was a famous quote from him later on in his life where he talked about, I'm just a little brown Jew from Macon, Georgia. Apparently, he had converted to Judaism at some point in the later stages of his life. And one of the things about little Richard was that even when he did have issues with drugs and alcohol, of course, that's something that a lot of people in the music industry have issues with because of fame, because of all kinds of different variables in their own lives. Dilla Richard kept going and kept finding ways to be visible. Lots of TV appearances, particularly in the 1980s. He was in movies. He continued going into movies as well. Things like Down and Out in Beverly Hills. And he would make appearances in movies on TV again. He would appear on records with other artists. And one of the more famous things I remember about Little Richard, particularly into the 1980s, one of his <laughs> signature phrases, and I should get this, and I'm going to play this at some point here. He would say, oh, shut up. <laughs> Do you remember that? If you were of a certain age, um, or even if you're not, that would be one of the things that he would say often. I, he didn't say it as much earlier in his life, earlier in his career. But certainly in the, when we got to the 1980s with Little Richard, he would say, he would say, oh, shut up. <laughs> but it was the way that he said it and the way that he looked when he said it. Oh man, what a treasure we have lost. This is an American icon and I know that the word icon gets thrown around a lot and legend gets thrown around a lot but I'm telling you of all the people out here who have graced the stage of life little Richard was the grand architect of his domain the grand architect of rock and roll that was little Richard he is somebody who I certainly am a big fan of because he touched the lives and hearts of so many millions of people. And he was such a dynamic figure and an innovator and a showman and a musician. And he had fun with the music he played. He had fun. You know, he influenced so many other people. Elton John in particular talks about how he was influenced by Little Richard, regarded himself more, did Elton John, as he has said in interviews, as a Little Richard kind of performer versus a Jerry Lee Lewis kind of performer, because the two of them were in similar eras, Jer Jerry Lee Lewis and Little Richard. But it was Elton John of many people who've said that they f called themselves and modeled themselves more after Little Richard, because there was more style and there was more of a joy of playing that music and an exuberance about the musicianship 
And Elton John, absolutely, if you watch Elton John, note the way that he plays and note the way that he plays on the piano in the, the very same way that Little Richard did. It is a complete, complete homage to Little Richard. It is, again, an example of how Little Richard influenced so many artists on this planet. Elton John, and I've been to many Elton John concerts, and that has not ever been lost on me, the way that Little Richard has influenced Elton John. Just the way Elton John plays that piano and the expressions and the the outfits, the flamboyant air, that was all, and you can see that all in Elton John and in so many other performers who literally enjoy the music they play and enjoy playing it. And there was, that's the thing about Little Richard. There was this such exuberance and joy about playing. He loved what he was doing in those moments. And he loved audiences. He totally did. Now, I'm the only one ever been, Joan. It was a white guy in Tennessee used to call himself Little Richard. And when I came to town, and uh, he stopped using the name. Yeah, but uh, I, did you call and say you can't use it? Or? No, when he saw me, he didn't want to use it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> oh, Little Richard with Joan Rivers. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's when he said, shut up. Uh, he said it many times. That was back in March of 1986 when Little Richard was on the Joan Rivers show. And at the time, Joan Rivers was the only female late night talk show host. And and certainly on a national stage and may well be still the only female nighttime talk show host. Uh, as far as I can remember, there may be one other, but Little Richard there in 1986 with one of his signature phrases, shut up, as I was talking earlier about. Little Richard continued to thrive. You know, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame back in 1986. And this is one of the, he was one of the uh, initial inductees and rightly so. You know, Little Richard certainly um, should have been in the first crop, and he was, 1986, one of the earliest inductees into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And he had some health problems which prevented him from being at that ceremony. And in subsequent years after the 1980s, with the health issues, he was limited in his touring capability, but he still did do some tours. In fact, he was touring as recently in his last concert, 2014, which is something that for someone in his 80s, and he was into his 83rd or 84th year at that point, well, certainly into his early 80s, I should say. Very, you know, I mean, there's somebody who was in his early 80s touring in his last concert. I mean, that, that in 2014, you can't find too many people in their early 80s who were still touring. You know, you, you can't find that. I mean, I remember Eartha Kitt was, I believe, uh, 80. I saw her touring 
in San Francisco a few years ago, just before she passed away, she was touring and she was incredible. Tina Turner, who is uh, in her 70s, has officially retired. She's still here, thank goodness. She's officially retired from doing concerts and touring. Elton John, who is in his 70s, is still touring, of course, with this pandemic. That's been put on hold. And he's going to be touring for at least another year um, after this pandemic is over with. At least after the worst of it is over. But for little Richard to be touring into his into his 80s, that's just incredible. Little Richard, somebody who we all um, should be celebrating today and also mourning his passing. He apparently passed away from bone cancer. This is according to his son, Danny. And Danny Penniman announced his father's passing today, November the, excuse me, May the 9th. Now, I think that apparently he had passed away on this day, on this morning, overnight, in the early hours. So, you know, this is a a huge loss. Definitely one of the uh, monumental losses um, in music, but also in, in just in general life. Little Richard um, passing away at the age of 87. He's going to be sorely missed. A lot of people, a lot of people are going to be reintroduced to Little Richard now um, in this manner. But he's been an icon for so long. He's been a stalwart. He's been a great teacher, a great entertainer, one of the greatest showmen ever. And it's just sad that he's no longer here. But the greatest live forever. And the music lives forever. And little Richard, well, he certainly is all of those great things. Yeah, that- 